Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. After a two year hiatus, Pride is back for 2022. It's just in time to mark a monumental milestone 50 years since the first ever Pride March took place in London. Well, in 1972, the year of the first Pride parade in Britain, Life was very different from now for LGBT plus people. Activist and campaigner Peter Tatchell was one of the organisers of the original march. He was a member of the newly formed Gay Liberation Front, Britain's first movement of openly lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender people. Back then, although there had been a partial limited decriminalisation of male homosexuality in 1967, many aspects of gay male life remain criminalised. And in fact, in the five years after the decriminalisation or partial decriminalisation of homosexuality, police harassment intensified and the number of convictions of gay men for consenting behaviour increased by over 300%. So we really felt under attack by the police It felt like the police were at war with our community. And then there were lots of other issues as well. There were no openly gay public figures back then. No politicians, pop stars, entertainers, sports people, nobody. So there were no positive role models. The only models we had were negative ones. So we had a a couple of camp comedians, um, very stereotyped, very cliched. Uh, We also had um, repeated exposés of gay people in the tabloid press when they were outed or exposed as spies, traitors, child molesters and serial killers. So there was nothing positive. In that era, lesbian mothers in divorce cases would often have their children taken away from them on the grounds that judges ruled that as lesbians they were unfit to be parents. When it came to education in schools, LGBT plus kids got no support, you know, despite horrendous bullying and even physical violence and gay bashing that existed in schools back in those days, hardly any LGBT plus pupils got support from their teachers. In fact, some of their teachers were the perpetrators of the abuse. And then if you look at the medical and psychiatric professions, back then, they designated homosexuality as an illness, as a sickness that required curing. And even as late as the early 1970s, gay people were being taken to hospitals, strapped into chairs or beds, having electrodes applied to them, and then giving them, giving, being given electric shocks when they viewed images, uh, same-sex images. 
So it was a very tough time to be LGB or T. In 1972, I was aged 20 and an activist in the Gay Liberation Front. A group of about 30 of us came up with the idea of holding a, quote, gay pride parade. We came up with this idea to counter the prevailing consensus, which was that we should be ashamed of being gay. So gay pride was our attempt to have queer visibility on the streets, to show that we were out and proud, and to counter all the negative, hostile imagery and, and opinions that were being thrown at our community. Now, we had no idea how many people would turn up, because back then, so many people were closeted and afraid to show their faces. My name is Stuart Feather and I was on the Pride March in 1972 as um, uh, one of the activist demonstrators. The original idea for it came from the GLF youth group. All the um, young men uh, under the age of 21 uh, for whom it was still illegal to have sex, we were doing it for ourselves, straightforwardly for ourselves, because we were the ones uh, that were screwed up. I mean, the first 15 years of my sex life, I was a criminal, and that pushes you, um, you know, into very, onto very strange paths and very dark places where you kind of are permitted to be who you are. And so that makes uh, people very neurotic, you know. You could get sacked from your job. I wasn't sacked because I was an apprentice engineer and I was outed to the whole factory. I came back from my lunchtime break and the whole factory were on the floor and uh, it was all jeering and uh, shouting and shaking fists and threatening and so forth. We did leaflet the few gay bars and clubs there were back then. Uh, sometimes we got quite a negative reaction. Uh, quite a lot of LGBT plus people thought it was a very bad idea to hold a gay pride parade. They thought it would draw attention to us, that it would give us a bad name, that it was an extremist position to assert gay pride. We were very pleasantly surprised when about 700 people turned up on the 1st of July, 1972, in Trafalgar Square. Oh, well, one felt marvellous. Uh, I mean, we'd done lots of different demonstrations by then, and uh, we were getting good at it. It was a great, great, joyous occasion. But we were nervous. We were nervous of being arrested by the police or being gay bashed. So there's a lot of fear and anxiety, as well as exuberation and jubilation. Um, you know, there were banners saying, um, you know, gay is angry, gay is good, gay is proud. Others said things like, we are human sexuals. Homosexuals are nature's children. That was going completely against what the vast majority of straight people believed 
and even what a lot of LGBT plus people. So we set off from Trafalgar Square, up Charing Cross Road, and then at Tottenham Court Road, turned left into Oxford Street and marched to Speaker's Corner, Hyde Park. Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear more about the original London Pride March. Whilst you're here, why not give the leader a rate and follow? The public reactions were very, very interesting. I would say that probably roughly about a third of the public were overtly hostile. You know, they frowned and grimaced and gave us a thumbs down, some boon. Um, a handful even threw bottles and coins at us. Um, but there was another third who just gawked in disbelief that gay people would dare show their faces, or perhaps even didn't understand what the word gay meant, because it was a very new term um, in that era. There were also about a third who were, to varying degrees, seemed to be supportive. They smiled, they didn't frown or jeer or anything. Um, some clapped, um, some cheered, some said good luck. I can remember I was holding a small little placard saying gay is good. And on Oxford Street, a very elderly woman, she looked about 90, in a twin set and pearls, um, came up to me and said, what's, what's gay? And I said, homosexual. And she turned around and said, oh, live and let live, good luck. But there were lots of people who, you know, showed a thumbs up or a little bit of applause or, you know, well done and that kind of thing. And there were uh, obviously uh, ones uh, who were shocked and uh, aggressive in their reactions. But that was okay. They were behind barriers. Uh, you know, they, there'd be things like someone would, you know, sort of flap their wrist in a sort, you know, sort of imitating uh, John Inman or something like that. And we'd just say, it's not like that, it's like this. And then we really struck, uh, you know, use the whole arm to do the camp wrist uh, movement. When we got to Hyde Park, we staged what we called an impromptu gay day, which was basically a queer picnic. Um, we'd been primed to bring food, drink, dope, musical instruments, and we had a gigantic picnic in the park. Uh, we played camp versions of party games like spin the bottle. So there lots and lots of same-sex kissing. But in those days, that was an arrestable offence. And I can remember the, the police were lined up on the side of the park, uh, mostly with folded arms, frowning and looking very, very hostile and unfriendly. But they didn't dare arrest us because there were so many of us. The police uh, that uh, accompanied us was, uh, there were so many of them that it was difficult for the people on the, on the pavement to actually see us, uh, which was all a bit weird. But when we got to Marble Arch, we already planned to have a mass kissing. So, um, we snogged the nearest person to us kind of thing 
and uh, by the time that was over, the police had left. They disappeared completely. So that was the first gay pride in Britain. Um, and really, it went so well for us <laughs> that we decided to do it again the next year and the year after. And then it just became a, an annual event. And that small gay pride of 1972 has now grown into over 150 pride events in Britain this year, um, taking in about a million people. So from small acorns, um, many oaks have grown. <laughs> the Gay Liberation Front, because of its, its stance and its, its socialist politics, because we said right from the start that it is not us who should change, but society that must change. And of course, the only uh, politics there are for changing society is socialism. There's no, no other. In the three years of GLF's existence, it did change uh, gay society, and it also changed straight society as well. I mean, for example, uh, heterosexuals didn't, uh, uh, you know, they couldn't lie anymore about our existence because we were, we were there um, and we were making our presence felt and we were standing up and being visible uh, and coming out because, I mean, most people didn't know uh, any uh, homosexuals or thought they didn't because we were all in hiding. Um, and by the end of that process, everybody in the country uh, knew about homosexuality, and uh, so they couldn't they couldn't lie about it or deny it anymore. And they could also see that really uh, we were no different to them in in many ways, um, and that we wanted uh, to be acknowledged for who we were and who we are. And that's it from the leader. This podcast is back on Monday at 4pm.